Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor Study. You've probably heard of Dr. Livingston, I presume, famous English doctor that traveled to the heart of Africa who spread the gospel. But you probably never heard of Mary Slessor. When Mary Slessor heard that Dr. Livingston was dead, she decided, I now will go to Africa. What I want to do in this half hour is just tell you her story. It's a story that I think is very inspiring. And then I want to share with you some lessons from her life for our life. So before we begin, would you pray with me? Father, we do want to pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us through just the life of Mary Slessor. And God, teach us all how to become a missionary wherever you've planted us. Speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary Slessor was born in Scotland in 1848. She was the second of seven children. Her father was poor. Her father was an alcoholic. Little Mary was converted to Christ when an old widow of her neighborhood shared the gospel. At times, Mary would be thrown out into the streets when her father would come home drunk. And because her father had trouble holding a job, when Mary was 11 years old, she started to work in the textile mills. Uh, by the time she was 14, she worked 10 hours a day, and she was the major bread earner in her family for the next 13 years. Mary joined the Presbyterian Church, and the church was her one place of joy and refuge in the midst of her difficult family life. Mary worked as a volunteer in the Queen Street Mission, they held open-air meetings, and Mary learned how to stand up to thugs who tried to stop their gospel preaching. Missionary speakers were common at Mary's Presbyterian Church, and Mary's mother, who was a believer, longed for the day that her one son, John, would become a missionary. But when Mary was 25 years old, her mother's dream was dashed when John died. But Mary said, I will take my brother's place. When she heard that the great missionary David Livingston had died, that sealed her decision. In the summer of 1876, at age 27, Mary sailed for Africa. She arrived in Africa and taught at a mission school. The missionaries there lived rather comfortable lives, but this worker from the textile mills wanted something more. She wanted to go into the heart of the interior of Africa to evangelize the lost. For this privilege, as she called it, she would have to wait, and after three years of waiting, and after several bouts with malaria, Mary was excited because she was given permission to go further inland. She then moved near the Calabar River. She lived in a mud hut. She ate the local food, and this allowed her to send her missionary check back to her family in Scotland. 
Mary supervised schools, she dispensed medicine, she trudged for miles through the jungle, going village to village, sharing the gospel with everyone. Witchcraft and spiritism were everywhere. The natives practiced what is called twin murder. If twins were born, they were both killed, and the mother was exiled from the village because they believed demons were behind twins. Mary would rescue these twins and adopt them as her own children. She soon gained respect unheard of for a white woman, but after three years she had to return to Scotland because of an illness. She took with her one of her adopted children, Janie, and though Mary needed to rest, she was so popular for speaking in England that she went from church to church with Janie, and the, the, her mission committee had her stay another three full years just to advertise the need for missions. During this time, Mary also cared for her sickly mother and sister, but finally in 1885 she returned to Africa, and she was determined to go further inland. Soon after her arrival, Mary received word that her mother and her sister had both died. Mary was now all alone on earth, no earthly ties. She became overwhelmed with loneliness. She wrote, quote, There is no one to write and tell all my stories to and my troubles and nonsense to. But along with the loneliness was a new sense of freedom, quote, Heaven is now nearer to me than Britain, and no one will be anxious about me now if I go up country. By up country, she meant the untamed area of Africa where many missionaries had died. For a single white woman to go into that area was considered uh, crazy, but Mary's mind was made up. She believed a woman missionary would be less of a threat to the tribesmen. And so off she went, and for the next 25 years, she went where no white man had gone, and she got such respect for being a peacemaker, she was given a government permit, a position, and she started to act as a judge for the whole region. Though she was respected and witchcraft declined under her influence, she saw few conversions to Christ, but that didn't bother her because she knew she was paving the way for the missionaries that would follow. And Mary's main converts were the many children she adopted. During this time, she met Charles Morrison, a missionary 18 younger than herself, 18 years younger than herself. They fell in love, and she accepted his proposal, provided he would work with her in the mission. He had poor health, and he had to return to England, and so Mary decided not to marry him. For her, mission work was more important than marriage. And she probably would not have made that great of a wife because of her bouts with malaria. Sometimes she was bald and her personal hygiene was not the best. Uh, there were rats and roaches in her, in her hut. Nevertheless, she was a robust, healthy woman for her age. And she would say, quote, I am a witness to the perfect joy and satisfaction of a single life because she loved her children so much. At the age of 45, and, uh, she and seven of her children went even further into Africa to more remote areas. There she had much success. For the last 10 years of her life, she did the pioneering work knowing that other missionaries would follow. At age 66 in 1915, nearly 40 years after she first came to Africa, she died in her mud hut. That is the story of Mary Slessor. Let me share with you now a few lessons I learned from her life.
Number one, single people are whole people too. Paul the Apostle, who was single, wrote this in 1 Corinthians 7. I wish that all men were as I am, single. But each man has his own gift from God, one in this way, one in another. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of the world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. You know, Jesus was single, St. Paul was single, Mary Slessor was single. If you're, a, if you're a widow, if you're divorced, if you're a single person who's never been married, you can have a full life serving the Lord. In fact, Paul says if you can handle it, it's preferable. <clears throat> I have a Presbyterian pastor friend of mine whose wife left him for another woman, and now he's divorced. And I said to him, you know, because Jesus said if you get remarried, you're committing adultery, I just encourage you, stay single, serve the Lord as a single person. And yeah, you can get lonely, but married people get lonely. <laughs> but what I learned from Mary Slessor is, you know, I don't think God causes, calls many people to be single. I think the norm is marriage. But if God is calling you to be single, you can have a full life. Lesson number two from Mary Slessor. Don't settle for a victim mentality. Mary Slessor could have said, oh, I was born poor. My father was an alcoholic. I started working at 11. Oh, what a, I'm so awful. And, and had Mary Slessor taken on that victim mentality, she would never have done the great things God had planned for her. And Paul says in, in Philippians chapter 3, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead. I mean, I'm, my guess is many of you watching this show were, were abused as a child in some way. And, and I'm not minimizing that. I'm just saying don't let past abuse keep you from serving the Lord in the present. I mean, some people let low self-esteem keep them from serving God. You know, I'll tell you this. I have low self-esteem. Get over it. Serve the Lord anyway. Because you don't want to live under a mentality that keeps you from doing what God's calling you to do. I will tell you, here's a 90-year-old woman, Christian woman. And she said to me one day, have I ever told you about my childhood? She told me. One of the worst stories I've ever heard of child abuse. And she's a wonderful Christian woman. So my point is, if you had a horrible past, you know, pray for God to grant you healing and get some counseling if you need it. But don't let your past keep you from serving the Lord in the present. Third lesson I get from Mary Slessor. Let the church be your safe harbor. Little Mary Slessor had one place where she could go to feel loved and important. It wasn't her family. It was her Presbyterian church in Scotland. And my hope for you is, I hope every one of you watching this show has a church. And if you don't have a church, find a good church and go every week. Because the church is there to make you feel loved and important. I, I, there's a Methodist church near my house, and they used to have this sign up in front of it, and it said, You 
matter to God. And I would see that sign every day driving home. That's good. And do you have a church? If you don't find a good church, poor little Mary had a miserable family life, but there's one place she felt loved, and that was inside of her church. The, the Bible says this about the church in, Philipp, in Ephesians 2. You are no longer strangers and aliens. You are fellow citizens with the saints. You are of God's household. Let God's family be your family. And the last lesson I learned from Mary Slessor. Do you understand that you are already a missionary? Jesus said in John 20, as the Father sent me, so now I send you. Mary Slessor was a missionary long before she left for Africa. She saw her backyard of Scotland as her mission field. That elderly widow that led little Mary to Christ, that elderly widow saw her neighbor children as her mission field. And do you understand this? When you drive to work tomorrow, you may be the only missionary ever sent to that office or that factory. When you go to visit your family, you may be the only missionary ever sent to your family. So what I, your school, your workplace, your family, what I want to encourage you to do this, next time you go visit your family, next time you go do your job, next time you go to school, pray as you go and say, Lord, use me to somehow share the gospel with somebody today. I will tell you that um, ABC News had an awful story about youth with a mission, YWAM. YWAM is a wonderful Christian missionary agency. They send Christian missionaries all over the world. And here's this awful ABC news story about YWAM is sending Christian missionaries to South America trying to get people to leave their religion for the Christian faith, as if that's something awful. I saw that show and I thought, well, duh, Christians have been doing that for 2,000 years. Listen, we are not ashamed of being Christian missionaries. We're not ashamed. Yes, we want to convert people to Christ. That's a good thing. And, and do you understand? And, and let me just close by saying this. If you've never prayed this prayer, would you pray it? And here's the prayer. God, do you want me to go overseas to serve you? And very possibly he'll move you to stay home right where you're at because you're not where you're at by accident. You've been sent to be where you're at. But maybe he wants you overseas. At least pray the prayer and ask, God, what do you want me to do? Here's what I learned from Mary Slessor. Number one, I learned from her that single people are whole people too. Number two, don't settle for a victim mentality. Number three, let the church be your safe harbor. Find a good church and go every week. And number four, do you understand that just as a Christian, you already are a missionary? Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us not only his knowledge of Scripture, but his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, I have a question about Mary. Now, she adopted all these children. Mm -hmm. Is there anything, historically, did her children continue to mm. serve as missionaries? I didn't study that. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, I wish I knew. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, they were in, they were all from the Africa. country that she was right. evangelizing. Yes, yes. Right? Yep. Okay. I guess the next question I have is maybe partly because you're single. Mm -hmm. 
How do you know if God wants you to be single or married? Okay. And I would say everybody, if, you, if you're trying to figure that out, read, uh, read 1 Corinthians 7. Jackie, the way I understand the Bible, if you get divorced, okay, but stay single. Unless your, other, unless your prior spouse dies, then I think you're free to remarry. But Jesus said if you get divorced and remarried, you're committing adultery. So I would stay single if you're divorced. All right, let's say you've never been married. How do you know if God's wanting you to get married or not? Again, read 1 Corinthians 7. If you've got a very, very strong sex drive, you're probably supposed to get married. Paul said it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And, and, uh, and Jackie, a lot of this just, you know, a lot of people are single not by choice. They'd love to get married. But I would encourage those people, see that God is in control of your life and try to, try to joyfully accept your lot in life. Okay. I guess my next question would be is, how do you get over painful events from your past mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order to move forward and serve God? Yeah. And I, you know, Jackie, there is great Christian counseling you can have just by having a good deep talk with a friend. And, you know, maybe somebody watching this has been, had horrible abuse as a child and has never talked to anybody about it. I encourage them to find some Christian friend and talk about it. If necessary, there are Christian counseling centers and they can go get some professional Christian counseling. Maybe talk to the pastor if you want. But for, I'm a pastor and I know this. For some people, the last person they want to talk to about this stuff is their pastor. All right, then find someone. But, but you know, the devil likes it when we keep our secrets hidden. That gives him power. So find someone to talk to, to, talk to about whatever pain you've gone through or you're going through. If somebody comes to me as a lay person and says something about being abused and that, mm -hmm. what should my responsible responsibility be to that person? I think, you know, uh, the, the law is, Jackie, if, if somebody tells me their father is sexually abusing them, by law, I, and this is a good law, I have to report that to the authorities. If the abuse is present tense, you may need to report that to the authorities. On the other hand, if she's talking about stuff that happened years ago, it, you need to be a sounding board and, you know, does she confront her father 20 years later or whatever? And I know that's hard to do, but sometimes that needs to be done. You talked about the church as a safe harbor. Okay, this is gonna get kind of maybe testy. Okay. But right now, we're hearing so much about clergy abuse know, and so many things happening in churches, mm -hmm. what do you say to that? Oh, I know. How can you call the church a safe I harbor know. when those things I, are happening? You know, where the devil is just laughing is when there's sexual abuse by priests or pastors in the church. That is so evil. And, and what do you do about that? You deal with it. You don't move them to another church where they don't know about the abuse. That was part of the problem. I will say this, though, Jackie. 90, I'm going to say 97, 98% of the churches are safe harbors. But this awful stuff that's happened that gets reported on, and should be, but uh, we can't let that overshadow the fact that 3% are, are being evil, but 97% are, are, are trying to, you know, do the right thing. So, I, and what should you do? I think we need to enforce the law. And I think the church, when they, Jackie, just yesterday, a friend told me about a pastor that was having an affair 
with a woman. This church, the, the, and what happened? The uh, church authorities uh, from outside the church stepped in and said, sorry, you're out of here, buddy. And they, they immediately moved the pastor out of that church. They really handled it well. So you never hear about that kind of thing, you know. No, you don't. But it, it is kind of scary when you think that you're losing what the church should be Indeed. when those things are happening. Mm -hmm. And there are some groups out there that, under the guise of being a church, say that it's okay to do the things they're doing. Yeah. And I think therein is a problem also. Oh, I know. That's why when you find a church, everybody, make sure you find a church that's biblical, that's not promoting uh, premarital sex. I mean, I had a past, a couple said to me, Jackie, when we told our pa a Lutheran pastor, I'm a Lutheran, when they told, uh, when I told our Lutheran pastor we were having sex before marriage during premarital counseling, he said, probably the best thing you could do to make sure you're compatible. Fornication will send you to hell, according to 1 Corinthians 6. So, yeah, you've got to find a biblical church. Okay. Um, I guess, all right, you, you kind of have answered that. How does a person really know if they're in a good, safe mm -hmm, church? Mm -hmm. I, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. You can go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, pastorstudy.org, and, and go up to the frequently asked questions. You push the one, and it'll tell you, how do you know if you're going to a good church? And here's what I've said so many times, Jackie. When you are at the door shaking hands, at, at your, and you say, Pastor, I'm thinking of joining this church. Can I ask you a few quick questions? Number one, Pastor, do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? Liberal pastors don't believe in hell anymore. Number two, Pastor, do you believe Jesus is the only way to heaven? Pastor, uh, what do you believe about the miracles of the Bible? Do you think Jesus was born of a virgin, like it says? Uh, Pastor, what are your views on abortion, homosexuality? And those questions will scout him out. And if you get, of course Jesus is the only way to heaven. Of course there's a heaven and a hell. Then, then that's a good church. If you get, that's a complex question. I, you know, then you want to go to another church. Okay. You said that we should all be missionaries. So what's the main thing that we as missionaries should share with others about our Christian faith. Yeah, and you know, I learned this years ago. I had uh, some uh, high school friends who were into evolution and atheism, and he, they and I would argue about evolution versus creationism and Darwin and the whole thing. I got nowhere. And then somebody just said, Tom, just share the gospel with them. And I got these little Christian pamphlets on how to become a Christian, talking about how we're all sinners, but God loves us so much, God became a man, lived the perfect life we couldn't. He died on the cross to pay for our sins, rose from the dead. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. All right, David and Jeff were the two atheists, friends I grew up with. I said to these two, can I just read for five minutes to you about God and I'll never bring him up again? They said, okay. And so I read that booklet to him. That night, David became a Christian. Jeff didn't, but I, every once in a while he has said through the years, I still got that little booklet. So, you know, you, you, don't argue, you don't argue Adam and Eve. You don't argue Noah and the ark. You go right to the center, which is Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead. That's what you talk to, about, to people about. Okay, I have one more question about Mary. How did she support a family? And, I mean, dragging children to mm -hmm. Africa mm -hmm. and everything mm -hmm. and that... Was she being paid for anything? Yes, she was. There was a mission. She would have been part of a mission agent. You know, back, England was really great about sending out missionaries. Under Queen Victoria and in the Victorian age, 
lots of missionaries went out from England all, all over the place. And there would have been a mission agency that would have supported her. But she would send the check back to her family in, in Scotland often. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because, I mean, with all these children that she took in to, yeah. you know, raise and everything and that. Yeah, they, they, they would have, that would have helped her support those children. And again, those children were from Africa. Yeah. Did any of her brothers and sisters follow? I don't know. <laughs> that I don't know either, Jackie. You just know Sorry. about her, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, Tom, we've been doing this for a long, long time, and I think maybe as long as we have some extra time okay. today, yep. let's talk about what's happening with the pastor study sure. for our viewers so Good. that they know and they yeah. can share it with people. Sure. Well, everybody, we've been on the air in Minneapolis now for 26 years. About three years ago, enough money came in for us to go national. So now we're on what's called CTN, Christian Television Network, all over the country. Anybody that gets Dish TV or Direct, Direct TV or Dish Network, is that what they're called? Uh, Dish Network or Direct TV gets our TV show. And, so, and, and Jackie, so we're so happy. A lot more people are seeing us and, and people are writing in and most are appreciative, some are not. <laughs> but um, just I want to encourage you, if you want to see more of our TV shows, Watch them for free by going to pastorstudy.org. You can also um, uh, 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 get our TV shows there. You can wa also listen to our r old radio shows. We used to do a radio show, but pastorstudy.org. It is expensive to be on the air nationally, and uh, I didn't know that we'd still, three years later, have the money to do this. We actually kind of went off and then came back on because we got a big gift. So what I want to ask you, our viewers, to do, would you pray for this ministry that God's will would be done with it? We'd love to have some huge gifts come in so we could uh, expand our TV audience. But if, if the Lord nudges you to, to, to help support us, go to pastorstudy.org. The, the address is there on how you can either uh, write a check or just do it online, but pastorstudy.org. So there's our update, Jackie. Okay. I think we should also tell people just a couple other little things mm -hmm. here before we leave is that you know here in the local metropolitan area of Minneapolis Minnesota and that you can also watch us on our cable channels and you can watch on Metro Channel 6 mm -hmm. which is also where we started mm -hmm. when we mm -hmm. branched out from just being on yep. a cable channel yep. and the other thing is you know, we'd welcome your questions for Pastor Brock. So if you ever want to send those, you can even send them to our website, mm -hmm. and we'll handle those questions on a future show. And so I guess at this point we can just say we thank you for your prayers and your support, and we pray that God would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.